we could do kind of a 30-second sound check or something. No, we're started now, so okay. you've ruined the sound check. Oh, okay. Hi, uh, welcome to the fourth edition of Pat's Podcast, and, and this is very exciting because this is the first time that I've taken Pat's Podcast on the road, uh, either away from my house or from Feast Restaurant, and there's a good reason to do that because today I'm sitting down with Joseph Fitzpatrick of uh, Fitzpatrick Team. Team. Wow. Um, not the soccer team today, the actual real estate team. I'm going to refer to him as Fitzy during the interview, if that's all right, because I'm horrible saying Joseph Fitzpatrick or Joseph. It's a very um, difficult name. It is. <laughs> Joseph is, you know, you're not from around here, so you don't understand how hard it is for us Americans to say Joseph. Uh, Fitzy, how are you today? Mm, good, thanks, Pat. I can't believe you found three people more interesting than me, but I'm over it. Well, we had scheduling issues, and I, I've been trying to do this for months, but uh, coming over both bridges, being a native Rhode Islander, that's a commitment that I just wasn't ready to make, and it's really it. hard it. to get you to East Greenwich, so I finally made it here, so I just want to concentrate more on you than making fun of me. Um, that's so, disappointing, but <laughs> that's, that's why people <laughs> Highly <listen>. unlikely. <laughs> we, all want, I, we all want things, Pat. That is, wow, that is true. That's yeah. very deep. That's a good way to start. Um, I want to welcome myself to the headquarters of uh, the Fitzpatrick team. It's a beautiful building. I've never been over here before. So tell me what I'm looking at as I walk in here. Well, we just finished uh, renovation. We were down on uh, Thames Street, the main road there. And uh, we needed more space. So we're back in. This is where I first started in 2000. Uh, when I first came for Remax, I had a little tiny, uh, maybe, I don't know, six foot by 12 foot space. Very, very small. Um, then we moved to that annex down on Thames Street. We had been there for the last 10 years or so. And then when we decided to come back, I needed space. So we actually took this uh, entire back space, you know, ripped out all the walls, started from scratch, new carpet, put in a kitchen. The most important thing was that big... Uh, custom-made uh, 12 foot table that you saw when you came in that's where we do all our brainstorming and all our you know all our interactions we you know we like to keep it like one wide open workspace unless you're unless you unless you're having a buyer consult or um, recording a podcast mm -hmm. like we are mm -hmm. now we're in a little private office that we have back here too well, that's exciting. I, and I'm not here to buy any of your uh, million-dollar listings, so it's more the podcast route for me right now. Okay. Unless, you know, a lot of people listen, and then I start making the big bucks yeah. off of the podcast. So start saying interesting things. So when did you start the Fitzpatrick team itself? Well, I mean, I got licensed in 1997, and I hired my first rental agent and assistant in 2001. So I've essentially been a three-person team since 2001 but teams didn't exist then and nobody really called them teams mm -hmm. so i think mm -hmm. about uh seven or eight years ago is when the uh, team concept came up came kind of came about and they decided to um kind of separate awards into individuals versus teams and so on and that's when i was forced to declare myself a team because um, but anyway, you just had to. So I guess at that point it's when we became the Fitzpatrick team. But I had rental agents, uh, admins, and people helping me uh, going back to 2001. 
right. And how long have you been selling real estate yourself? 20, I guess 22 years. What got you into it to start? Actually, um, I was here washing dishes and doing various awful jobs. You gave that up? No, I kept that on actually for four years after I got licensed, sadly. <laughs> I wasn't very good uh, at the beginning. Uh, and at I washing saw. Dishes or real no, at real estate. Oh. Um, I actually saw an ad in the Newport Daily News where a local real estate broker was looking to get agents and got a little creative with it and didn't describe the job, just said restaurant experience helpful uh, because she thought that people would transition well from the restaurant to the real estate business. I thought it was kind of an interesting ad and I responded to it. And when I got there, I was uh, like 18 years old and was washing dishes. And I don't think that was exactly what she had in mind. She I may think, have been thinking front of the house people. Rather she was than thinking <laughs> like, yeah, like a 30 year old attractive waitress that was looking to maybe flip flop her hours from evening to day. I don't know what she was expecting, but it definitely wasn't me. <laughs> if I was expecting a 30-year-old attractive waitress and you walked in at any age, I would probably say no. And what happened with that job opportunity? Did you... They said no. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there we go. And now you're washing and, dishes uh, still. So I... Um, essentially, I was able to understand what the job was prior to being rejected. And uh, just went ahead and did it anyway. All right. And then what did you like about what caused you to, to stick with it? I mean, that's a tough transition. So a lot of people would be put off by the no and then the having to learn a whole new field. Um, I was just a terrible, terrible real estate agent for the first four or five years. So I washed dishes, bust tables, painted houses. I never actually relied on uh, real estate as an income until I... Um, had like just one really big year that allowed me to free up some time and then dedicate some time to this and um i was going to college and stuff and uh essentially in ccri they were teaching me how to uh put in my two years and then get a job paying thirty five thousand a year out of college and i was already making a hundred thousand dollars a year so um just decided not to go to college anymore and quit the restaurants and focus mm -hmm. on uh on, on sales, that was just rentals. So then I got into sales and a few other things. And that was right around the time that Remax approached me about coming here. And what do you concentrate on now? Right now, my only job really is um, prospecting, bringing in business, going to listing presentations, uh, essentially bringing the business in. And then once the business comes in, it gets filtered throughout the team and, and everybody works it. But my job is, in essence, bringing in the business. All right. And one of the things I've noticed just in following the company from afar uh, is that you guys have a lot of aggressive or different types of marketing. Yeah. How do you go about doing that, and what's the philosophy behind what you do? Well, about uh, three years ago, well, about four years ago, I sat down and made an uh, uh, a absolute and definite decision to start an extremely aggressive five-year branding process we're in year three or four of that right now where i essentially reinvested every penny i made you know other than you know what my wife needs and the children and that kind of thing um and just basically reinvested um 
everything back into the business. I decided I was either just going to, you know, go big or go home kind of thing. And I just wanted to uh, basically be the, you know, Pepsi or the McDonald's or whatever blue chip tenant comes to mind of real estate on Aquinnick Island. I wanted to, uh, you know, through various channels that, you know, we don't have four or five hours to go into all the things that we do, but there's various things that we do that essentially over a long period of time establish that uh that brand and that's what we're trying to do here what if what would you say has been the most outside the box thing that you've done that's been the most successful um i went to a rugby club i went to a rugby match about four years ago and i sat there watching these guys and i looked around fort adams there was about 300 people there and 95 percent of them were 21 to 30 my demographic first-time home buyers they're either buying a house or they will be and at that exact moment in time, I made a decision to meet with Newport Rugby, talk to them, and do some sponsorship. What we, in essence, ended up doing, they just wanted money, and or you know, they just wanted me to sponsor them and have their name on their jersey or something like that. I decided to buy every registered player, social member, and fan of Newport Rugby Club, over 100 people. I bought them a Canterbury rugby jacket with their initials number and then my branding on the back and a Fitzpatrick team hat and various other little apparel but the Newport Ruby was obviously the most you know the biggest brand on that jacket and um spent you know about five or six grand and people just thought I was absolutely crazy hearing uh, it now I think you're absolutely crazy yeah but... the ROI in that is uh 10 or 12 times uh easily and that's in about 18 months. The what? The ROI, return, return on, investment. on investment. Yeah. So I think we ended up getting 11 closings in 18 months uh, directly from or that we could attribute directly to Newport Rugby. And do you still continue to sponsor them today? Yeah, I do. But now it's like 1500 bucks a year to be on their jersey. I, 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 I can't do that every year. But. You don't buy the full kit for the rugby boys anymore or girls? No, but they still wear it. I mean, it was a, it was a you know $65 jacket they got for free. Um, nobody refused it. And if it's raining and you want a rain jacket, you're going to wear it, aren't you? <laughs> so it doesn't matter if it's 2016 or 2019. Jacket is a jacket. Yeah, they still wear it. I still see them around town all the time. Uh, and other than that, we talked very briefly about the open houses that we do. People find those pretty interesting. I saw one on Facebook the other day that involved the ballet. Yeah, I went and uh, reached out to the island moving company here locally on the island, asked them for lunch, just asked them for an hour of their time. And when I sat them down, I said, you know, I want to, I want you to perform the Nutcracker in my open house. And they, of course, thought I was crazy. I agree. Um, and uh, they said, why would we do that? And I said, well, you know, we get a lot of people, we get 80 to 100 people at our, open, at our themed open houses. It's some exposure for your company. Um, your girls that have just finished the Nutcracker, all that practicing they did, they're done now. This is another opportunity for them to perform. I bet you they'd love it. Uh, and just kind of convinced them that this was a good idea. And, um, well, kind of ultimately they agreed. And we ended up putting on uh, a couple of shows in uh, in in a very nice 5,000 square foot house I got listed over on Greeno Place. And How did it go? It went awesome. We got about 100 people there and the feedback was amazing. Hmm. You should tell them about the podcast. I will. Okay. Thank you. I, I don't think I'll ever have a conversation again that I don't mention this podcast. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, I guess. Um, so what do you think the future of the company is? We just want to continue to grow. Um, this year, um, I think our sales goals are 100 sales, 40 million gross, and a million dollars in commissions, which is progressively what we've led up to. I think this year we did 33 million, about 900 in commissions, and about 86 or 89 sales. So we've been progressing every year for the last three years, but the goal, ultimate goal is 40 million sales and 100 transactions. Wow. And what type of clientele are you looking for? Our average sales price is 406,000. Um, so we do a lot of 350 to 550 type stuff. Um, I'd like to obviously get into the million dollar uh, market. Um, Why do you keep you looking know? at me? No, uh, no, not happening. Uh, I think it would be great, but you know, so far we I've obviously sold five or six houses over a million, but it's not what we do and what we're known for. We're known more for first time home buyers, kind of multiple, like for example, somebody might have $40 million worth of sales and they might sell four houses. We have $40 million worth of sales, we have 100 sales. So we're a lot more every day, you know, people come in here, They we, we teach them the process of purchasing a house versus what, you know, selling high-end homes, I guess. So you cater to the first-time home buyer, but you're not adverse to the... No, we do absolutely everything, commercial sales, rentals. But yeah, a lot of what we do is closer to first-time home buyer. Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to have a lot more laughs at this point. Usually, well, I'm never really bringing my A game thus far. You know? you know, well, see, we do the business at the beginning, and oh. then we move on to to making fun of you. This is the longest we've ever talked that you haven't insulted me, uh. and it's not close. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I was going to go into the accent when you said rugby because I had no idea what you were saying, but then I pieced it together when you started talking about Cold State Park and everything like that or wherever it was. Um, okay, transitioning away from the business onto making fun of you. I know you've listened to all three podcasts and you're probably the biggest fan that I have. What would, say, what would you say your hidden talent is? If, if you, there's something that no one else knows about you that you just want to tell me and the three people that listen, you, John Lewis, and Big Dan, what <laughs> would you want to say you're hidden to, other than getting thrown out of competitive or non-competitive soccer games for various infractions? Um, I don't know if it's a talent, but what most people don't know about me is that I went to an all-arter school, so English is actually my second language. You couldn't tell from your accent. Uh, <laughs> where did you go to school? In Dublin, but I went to an all-Irish school, meaning that we didn't speak English in school. So we did all the subjects in, a, in, a, in Irish. Can you insult me in Irish? No. Tatu Amadan. Well, I don't know what that means, but it sounded very it you're, you're, you know, essentially a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a direct translation. I'm glad but. that it's only essentially a dickhead. Yeah, it's not a direct um, translation, but... All right, moving on to topics that are more important to me. Do you think I'm the best goalie that you've ever played against or second best? Where would I rank amongst goalies you've ever played against? Uh, are we my, talking like 1 to 10 or 1 to 100? Well, no, I mean amongst all the goalies. I'm obviously in the top five. I mean, there may have been one or two people. But remember, I do it with this hairstyle and yeah. the flair that I bring to the game. Well, 
Tell me more about me. Your nickname on our team when we play against you is Swiss Cheese. That's not... not, I don't think that's true or helpful to the conversation. Um, Um, I mean, it's always good because, you know, you're always good for for one kind of freak out every game where you, like, think you're, like, Pele and go for a run and then we just take the ball off you and score. Um, I loved that you... uh, I saw you out of the corner of my eye come to try and clean me out and I lobbed you from about 30 meters that was a highlight of my career I don't uh, remember that it was that just specific. so sadly predictable that you were going to come and try to clobber me um, you don't remember I think you do I think I do and I'm glad that there's about two people in the world that will find this as amusing as I do <laughs> uh, other than hurtful memories about me uh, tell me more about me. <laughs> I mean I would say you're a good goalie but I mean you're that pretty would... shite <laughs> I think, again, you just insulted me, but I can't understand you with that horrible accent. Um, it's the lesser of two evils. You're a shite keeper, but you're a worse outfield player. So I think I, that, that's, that's about as close to a compliment as you're going to get. That's about the fairest thing that you could have said to me, because yeah. Dan, our other goalie, is a great goalie, but he's an even better outfield player, so what are they going to do with me? Correct. And I'm very handsome, so I'm good to have around. Well, you do have good hair. I and, will give you that. Well, that's really that should be yeah. that should be the name of the podcast because yeah. that's all I'm fishing for. Yeah. I'm interviewing people until they tell me that. Yeah, and your wife is lovely. I'll give her that. I'll give well, her that as well, well, she's got very poor eyesight. Too. Yes, I don't know if you knew that yeah. about her. Poor mental she's, state. She's always bumping into things. Um, so. As far as you playing soccer, do you feel your greatest ability is to stay on the field or get sent <laughs> off and lead the team in some sort of rally after that happens? Ironically enough, the ref on Sunday actually jinxed me by walking up before the game and congratulating me on not getting a yellow card for three consecutive games. He had happened to be my ref for three Sundays in a row. And I said to myself, oh, something bad's going to happen now. Fuck. I knew it. And uh, sure enough, first half, straight red. Yeah. What what uh, what didn't you do? But what did he think you had done? It was it was it was just handbags. I don't. Uh, handbags. You were shopping for handbags. No, I don't like understand. Google handbags. It means like when grown men fight, but there's no punches or you know it's like it's like women hitting. You know, like an old woman would hit you with a handbag sure. kind of thing. Yeah, that was, definitely happens. That kind all the of time. stuff. Yeah. Is your life like one giant episode of Benny Hill? <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot of handbags. Um, the guy was trying to shield the ball or something, so I decided to kick him. And uh, yeah, he took a little bit of offense to that, and then yeah. some handbags. Yeah, it. so it's like eight o'clock on Sunday morning, and he, you. It was actually to... seven a.m. on Sunday morning. I like that. That <laughs> really, I don't. That's oh I, man, you don't I know. do much so, lawyering. That's probably not your best defense. That it was no. even earlier than I would have thought. No, it's too stupid to even discuss, really. Well, that's actually the theme of the podcast yeah. also, okay. my hair and things that are too stupid to discuss. Yeah. How long have you been in the United States? I've been in America 25 years. 25 years. Yeah. So when do you think the accent will disappear? Well, when I'm home, my friends think I have an American accent. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> they call me the, sca- the scaffolding plank. Why do they call you the scaffolding plank? Well, when we tease our friends, we always rhyme it. It's kind of like a Cockney thing. Okay. So I'm a yank, so the scaffolding plank. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't know. 
That's just how. That's just how it goes. I have to say, I'm sorry. I asked that question because that answer confused. Me yeah, even no more. End. Yeah. Wow. They actually, yeah, they, they, uh, and my mom too. Yeah, they think I, they're like, oh, you talk like an American now. Wow, I wouldn't say that at all. I would say quite the opposite, but that's just me. I met your dad over the summer, so I'm yeah. sure he had kind things to say about me. And he yeah. was very interested in seeing uh, that game with the sticks. Hurling. Hurling. Yeah. And did you guys go watch the hurling match that day? We did. We got it on, uh, actually, we got it on a laptop and watched it over at my sister's house. Was it a good outcome for the hometown no. hurling team? Oh. No, they lost, but... But, but again, another right. painful memory that I'm bringing up. <laughs> no, that's sad. all right. My dad was uh, was uh, an excellent, uh, as high as you, he played the highest level you can play hurling in Ireland. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and when I was home recently, actually, about uh, a month ago, they had a 50th anniversary of, um, you know, they won the All-Ireland, or, or not the All-Ireland, the All-County, or whatever they're whatever the big tournament was in 1968. You're pretty invested in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it's called. But, I hope your uh, dad doesn't listen here. <laughs> disappointing to him. Uh, it was a 50th anniversary of the all-county football uh, championship they won, and he had to go there, and he got to meet a current player, and he signed a ball, and he took pictures and all that stuff. It was kind oh, of a big deal. It was very cool. And what I learned that day is Ireland is the only place that that particular insane game is played. It's the only place it's played... Um, regularly and regulated in leagues form yeah i mean you can go to you can go to um you can go to manhattan and go to any of the pitches and rugby pitches out there and you'll find people playing hurling but yeah i mean and i'm sure in australia and, and so on and even up in providence i think there might be a hurling team but yeah ireland's the only team that's played on a national level county by county with a you know basically all ireland final meaning you know it's a pretty big deal but yeah they do play in other countries but it's irish people playing it well, do you want to head down to Manhattan and we'll find a hurling match? Pitch? Yeah, of what course. You, they played, they played around Fenway a, week, a month ago. Yeah, they didn't invite me to play, though. <laughs> I'd like to get in the game because apparently you... You sh- would not, no. You, you no. shit all over my soccer career, so I think I'm yeah, going to move I on now. I do not advise that you pick up a hurley stick and a schlitter and, and get on the pitch. What was the second word, a schlitter? Schlitter. What's the schlitter? Schlitter is a very hard uh, leather ball that will hurt. When it hits you in the face. Well, soccer balls hurt when you get hit in the face. Yeah, too. no, soccer balls are big and fluffy and light. This is this is a this is like a large golf ball. Ouch. Yeah. All right. Sucks. Yeah. Well, on that. Note, and if I saw you on a pitch, I would hit you in the face. And if I missed, I'd hit you in the face with my stick. I, it's it's <laughs> with the amount. Of, the amount of hatred you have for me is really odd. <laughs> I, I know, no, really, I, do, I do have anger, uh, it, anger issues, I think. No, I, I've seen that every time that uh, we've been on the, the soccer field together. Yeah, that's true. So I'm glad that we've made it uh, 22 minutes without you taking a swing at me. <laughs> uh, Did like we to... ever fight, actually, on the pitch? No, no. There was one on one occasion when I sort of leapt up in the air and your knee ended up in a very unfortunate place and that was the closest I've ever come to hitting you but that wasn't your fault no no that I was, was outdoor just, uh, yeah. scratch. I remember that one no no I think we had some handbags in indoor one time and then he refused to shake my hand at the end of the game oh that, de- that? that definitely he <laughs> sounds yeah. like me uh, yeah. yeah you walked off in a huff I do I, I have a, a bit of huff in me so yeah. I, I well then let me uh, apologize to you I now. I think I tackled you oh, pretty hard. And then, and right. then uh, you threw a wobbler. And then <laughs> and then I basically called you a puff. And then that was it. 
you were like, I'm all set with this. <laughs> we're going to have to uh, close caption this and have a translation at the end, but I apologize for the wobbler that I threw. <laughs> okay. And uh, trust me, next time if I throw something at you, it will connect and you'll remember it. And we'll call it a wobbler. Uh, <laughs> I really, I wish that I knew any of what that meant because it sounds like much more You're not more throwing exciting. anything. you just like, you throw a wobbler. Like, when people are really mad and they're screaming, they wobble. So it's like, you throw a wobbler. <laughs> you don't actually I, physically throw anything. I thought you meant it was like sort of a very weak punch. No, no, no. Oh, just like I was just pissy. No, like like if you do something to, to somebody and they throw a wobbler, it means that they like freaked out, you know, because their like whole body's wobbling. They're so oh, angry. That is definitely. Yeah. You can always just Google throw a wobbler, and I'm sure it'll tell you. Yeah, but when you Google things like it, you never know what's going to turn up because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So, yeah. and then I called you. Um, I don't know, a dog's bollocks or something. Or... A dog's bollocks? Yeah. That's the worst thing. Oh, no, a knob gobbler, I think. He didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Hence, hence the storm off. The, 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 the handshake refusal. I felt like, well, John, I felt like John Terry. I, was... <laughs> I have no idea what in the wide world of sports you're talking about, but it's enjoyable to listen <laughs> And I'm sorry about the wobbler and the knob gobbler and everything that I've done to you. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem. I, I think this will be the furthest I ever travel for the podcast. So oh, I if you can uh, turn me around and head me back home, I can go up and see the Providence Bruins play hockey. Cool. Which I know is endlessly fascinating to you. No, I love the Providence Bruins. Absolutely. And I'm going to hit the, the swag closet. And get like Grab an extra, extra large hat yeah. that says FT. You got it. Or Wobbler Knob Gobbler. <laughs> Do you have any items that say that? Uh, See, I think I've made it 25 minutes without insulting you, so I'm pretty proud of myself. I know. I know. You, you normally don't make it 30 seconds without calling me a fat bastard or something. I, I, I think you refer to yourself as that, and then I say, no, no, not at all. It's you me. look slightly less fat than the last time I saw, saw you. That's certain. No I'd say that if skinny. it were true, but yeah, you look fatter than I remember. I, I think it. those stripes are going the wrong way yeah. or something. Yeah, horizontal, uh, horizontals don't help me. No, they're not your look. But you look great. It's a great shirt. It's a great place that you have here. And I want to thank you for your time. Cool. You're and, welcome. And now, I know you've listened Panic to attack. all the episodes, but now you're going to have to listen to this one because you're in it. No, this one's a major snooze fest. Who the, hell, the, who the hell wants to hear about my real estate business? I did. That's, a, that's we why should I scrap drew. all that and go back to, to the knob gobblers. Just knob gobbler talk yeah. for thirty minutes. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to hear all your uh, Irish slang from uh, me. It's very hurtful, and uh, I don't think it's all that funny. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess if I hurt your feelings, then I'm, I'm happy enough, and we can end this podcast then. Well, I'm going to Google it to see if you hurt my feelings or yeah. not, because those may have been compliments. Or you could ask, you could ask Rushy; he could tell you. I, I'm not. You know what? I had a hissy fit on Wednesday night, I so I'm not talking about Rushy either. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to end it, and thank you for your time. All right.